Hell yeah, welcome to Head Threads episode number seven. We're back for 2022, rejuvenated and inspired. Also, a big welcome back to Area 3000, and thanks for having us on for another year of nitpicking Melbourne's music locale. Our podcast series will run up until the release of our forever incoming issue number five that I sincerely promise is on the way, just in its own due time. But more on that later, because for now, we're very excited to have this next guest on the show. She's one half of one of Melbourne's most loved party crews turned record labels and has been at the center of so much lockdown catharsis for so many, whether it's been absolutely gassing online streams with partner Ryan Berkeley, putting together mixes for a range of different mags, labels and collectives, squishing local and international talent alongside each other on compilation releases, or going through the delays, trials and tribulations of putting out local wax in the post-COVID era. We all definitely owe a lot to this queen. We hope you enjoy the deep dive this month with the equally bubbly and badass DJ Ingrid. Thanks, Jack. It's a, a pleasure to speak with you. Um, I had a nice Christmas, New Year's. I, I actually am from the Northern Rivers near Byron Bay. So I went back and saw my family. Beautiful. Um, actually played a gig in Byron, which was very funny. Oh, and nice. Where are Ever since I've been... It's a place called The Spot. Um, it's a, a weird little bar, but I have some friends at DJ back home. So we just decided to get together and have a go. And ever since I, I came back just before New Year's, I've had a couple gigs. Um, we went to Sun Cycle, which was lots of fun. I actually live in Coburg, so it was um, a bit of a novelty being able to just yeah. go around, to, around the corner to a festival. Yeah, perfect. Um, I had I had a good time. It was a lot bigger than um, any of the other festivals that I've experienced at the Velodrome, but it was still yeah. a great time. I was sad yeah, I that my that. friend Colette unfortunately got sick and she couldn't play with Claddy. So there were there were two people I was very excited to see. Yeah. But nonetheless, it was lots of fun. Um, so I think yeah, we had the we had the Rochester on New Year's Day. It was really hot, um, but it was lots of fun to close that. It was a fun party. Ever nice. since, I can't say I've done too much. Um, obviously, with dance floors not happening at the moment, um, I think everybody in Melbourne's been, or everyone in our music community has been affected by it, that's for sure. Definitely. So it was, it was sad to, to lose a couple of gigs, but I think it's for the best. Like I know it's a bit of a weird dichotomy between being desperate to play gigs, but also understanding that it's for the greater good, I guess. 100%. I think this post-COVID world is just so weird. <laughs> yeah, this, I think this year as well is just going to be like even more frustrating if that's possible than last year. Just I think having that little taste every like few months where you think you're good and then having to sort of wind back all your expectations. and 100%. And I think also there's been like a little bit of an expectation that maybe we'll return to COVID at normal, like what it was mm. before. COVID but I think if if the last two years mean anything I think it's just an indication that perhaps we're going to all have to adapt and that that normal yeah isn't really a thing for us anymore no I think it's really completely different to what we've ever ever experienced what are some of like the maybe even like I don't know coping techniques and stuff you've acquired over this last few years to like stay motivated or stay creative oh my gosh so many um so I actually my partner who I run 
love above with. Mm-hmm. Um, we live together. Ryan, Ryan Berkeley, um, yep. and we um, have a lot of coping mechanisms throughout the lockdown. Yeah. I can't say many of them were that creative. Um, in, in During 2020, I think I just shut down. Like I was so, so busy um, at the start of 2020 before COVID and, and it was great, but I didn't know how to say no. Mm. Um, and I was just gigging a lot and it was, it was great for my career, but retrospectively or in hindsight, I look back and I think if I had continued that capacity through 2020, I I would have burnt out for sure. So when the lockdown hit originally, I didn't want a bar of anything music. Like I wasn't doing any DJ mixes. I wasn't dabbling in writing music. Um, We were, I was lucky to have Love Above because we had just put out our first final release and that kept us busy in the first couple months because we were, um, distributing all the merch and the and the records and it was mm. a fun experience going through it for the first time especially having more time to be able to do that not working yeah. but um we were doing weird things like making candles and um making a roast pork every sunday yeah um how good's your roast pork now we're totally oh it's elite it's elite yeah. that's all talk i us can through say it. talk it now talk <laughs> us through it i want to hear what, what are the what are the little uh, garnishes on top well, i've never i've never i've never really effed with um yorkshire puddings before but ryan's family is from the uk and so when ryan and i started dating he showed me yorkshire puddings mm. and for anyone who isn't listening and doesn't know what a yorkshire pudding is it is sort essentially it like a batter that goes into like a muffin tray, you bake it and it comes out like this sort of just pastry. I can't explain it any other way. And you like fill it up with cake. like meat or peas and gravy. Oh, oh my God, it's so good. But I can say that I definitely gained a trillion kilos in 2020 from all my <laughs> um, roast pork. Yeah. Um, but I think toward the end of 2020, I sort of slowly started to get the creative juices back. Um, it's been good having the label in a way because it's sort of like you you have a creative outlet that's not necessarily um, my creative mm. outlet, if that makes sense. A lot yeah, of it, totally. the back end stuff, fun. a lot of it's very music business. So it's very administrative. You know, I'm managing artists trying to get them to get their shit together (laughs) and you know like I think having that to focus on was um good in lockdown for sure and it it just meant that I didn't have to put pressure on myself to to record a mix or to to write some music because I felt like everybody else was you know um it was really hard living like our lives on a phone and just judging your or measuring your success i should say yeah, it's the only way based you on could, you could judge based that point, on what online 100 percent. and i think for a lot of us who are performing performers particularly you know you measure your success off your performances so when they were taken away from you i think that it was a very stagnant time for all musicians yeah um but hey we've all we all know what lockdown was like we all we all lived it we I don't think any of us like to harp on about it too much (laughs) yeah I don't think we need to go through the trials and tribulations much more um I think it's now it's now more a case of 
let's just try and be optimistic keep keep plowing yeah, through it. and 2022 yeah. year of tiger <laughs> i can feel it in my bones i was just looking up what year of the tiger means um, oh yeah enlighten us um i'll have to get it up again but year of the tiger i'm just googling it just one moment guys that's okay hold tight <laughs> Apparently it's a fearless time where we'll undertake things that uh, will be a new challenge or a new journey for us. I really think we'll be doing this for a while. iconic love above party crew turned record label yes i am i am it's it's, it's one half now it started as one third yep. um a little rundown i guess it the love above started as a weekly party at glamorama um mm-hmm. we were doing fridays for like two years when i say we it was actually ryan and uh dawn again nick verway uh-huh who's a good friend of ours. Um, I was just like a groupie that came every Friday. I don't even know why. Like I look back and I'm like, did I not have better things to do? <laughs> were there not other parts? But um, <laughs> yeah, like, did I think these guys were the funnest guys ever or what? <laughs> well, I bet you think that now. Um, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, so they were doing weekly parties and um, I kind of slowly got involved just, I think, because I just hung around like a bad smell, to be honest. Um, and this was before Ryan and I were dating. We were all just really close friends. Um, and then I think like we ended the parties at Glamorama after about two years and we just decided to do random parties whenever we felt like it. Mm. Because doing a f- every Friday residency is is a bit of a hustle, you know. Yeah, and it is. A week it was, comes you around. Know, you have to sacrifice a lot, especially on as especially because it was a weekend. Um, so yeah, we that did its dash, and then I remember being at Lounge R.I.P. and i was talking to Nick about wanting to start my own label because we all play records. We all love house music mm. and I just felt at the time and still now um, that there was the opportunity to create more space for that genre Absolutely. in Melbourne. I find Melbourne like loves the electro sound, nothing against mm. that. I also love the electro sound, mm. but I think um, 
I think that traditional house music definitely that there was there was a needed space for it. Um, and I think also there's so many artists in the summer southern hemisphere creating variants of like house music that aren't really conventional house music tracks, um, but they're awesome. So yeah. I guess providing a platform and a space for that was my main intention. Anyway, I remember talking to Nicky about it at Lounge and saying that's what I wanted to do. And he was super supportive and was like, you know, I wanted to do the same thing. Like, why don't we just turn Love Above into a record label? Um, so basically from that conversation, Love Above Records was born. Um, this was like uh, late 2018, I think. Um, so in early 2019, we decided to sort of launch it. Um, and it was a real learning curve, to be honest. Like, you know, we were all pretty experienced with the with the scene here and running events. I mean, that was a no-brainer for us. But mm. actually trying to press a record, like, we had no idea what we were doing. We didn't know where we were going to get it pressed. We didn't know any of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think that's... So it took us a good year to get things off the ground. So from... 2019 when we launched it to when we actually first put our record out so I think we released the record in March ish March or April 2020 around when COVID hit mm -hmm. um and that that was mainly because we spent most of 2019 um finalizing the tracks putting everything together um doing a lot of grant applications <laughs> yeah. um just the back-end stuff that we I guess didn't foresee when we went into it um, we were really lucky, uh, Ryan and I have a friend in the UK um, that actually works for a, a broker um, and funny story, this broker actually got massive from pressing Darude Sandstorms record. Oh, really? Um, which we always laugh about. Yeah, so you're yeah, using yeah. that, using so that Darude money. Han GP. Um, yeah, no, so anyway, we got it up through our friend and it's kind of like fate. I don't know how it happened. We were at the stage where we were trying to figure out where we would get the record pressed and, and that stage of it all. And Ryan and I were in Europe and we met up with our friend in the UK and we were telling him about it. And he was like, oh, no way. Like I work at a brokerage for this kind of stuff. Like you should do it through us. Um, Anyway, we it, it, looking back at it, it definitely feels like fate because yeah. I think otherwise if we didn't see our friend Pete, we would have had no idea what we were doing. Mm. Um, but anyway, eventually things kind of came to fruition and we sent the record off to our friend Pete and um, he manages a lot of the production for us. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, once, once that was done, we got the test pressings back pretty quickly, which was very exciting. I remember... You know, it's weird actually. Something physical means so much to us. So I remember getting the test pressings, and we were so excited that it just felt a bit like a pipe dream because we had worked so long on it. So the first release was a VA, which means various artists release, um, and it had Ryan, Nick, um, and two other local producers, Narachi, and also. Um, DJ Hoa I don't know how to pronounce DJ it. DJ Hoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. DJ Hoa. Um, so we were quite happy with that release. And it was cool because 
everyone's track was really different. Um, we actually originally had another track from another artist on there, but that was who was also a friend of ours. Um, and it was an epic track. But I think this is another thing that we hadn't really considered in running the label was you you can't just put things out that you're going to love. You have to also think from a commercial perspe perspective. Yeah. You know, you also have to listen to all the tracks all the way through and think, well, does this like match as a release you know yeah. well if i was a consumer will i buy this record for one or will i buy it for all four songs exactly. um so we had the learning curve i guess in in having to am i talk smelling, to our friend and say am i smelling pardon? a re-release bonus track maybe sometime down the line maybe potentially like we've done stuff with this artist and like he's a good friend of ours and we'll most definitely be working with him in the future but uh, you know we were going through the the process of having to tell one of our friends hang on we love your track but it's not right for the record yeah. i mean we even had to do that with one of nick's songs and he was on the label so going through that and having those hard conversations i think was um, difficult at the time but it also taught us all a lot about being sort of strict with what we want to put out easily um physical copies of solidified a kind of ethos behind what you guys do and like maybe like what each record has to look like and does it because i'm sure each yes record maybe no, like sometimes record. sorry go on uh, i just look i think yes and no like there are times where um it has molded our vision a little bit mm -hmm. there's times where we also have no clue what we're doing none of us really came from like a design background um and we've had a few different designers work on our stuff and a common thing I always hear from designers is like your artworks are all over the place <laughs> I get that um, head threads a lot as well. <laughs> um and I think like that's one thing that we obviously didn't think about when we were doing it I mean ultimately Ultimately, we set out to do this because we love the music. So this, how our social media looked wasn't really a thought in our minds mm. at the time. But you learn this stuff as you go through. 
and you start realizing that your digital image represents a huge part of your business. Um, so I think like there are things like that, that, you know, we didn't know. And when we did talk about them, sure, we, we got a bit of an idea, but did we kind of create an ethos? I'd say maybe not. <laughs> um, I think definitely with the music, yes and no. Like we know the sounds that we like, but with our compilations, we've really um, veered far and wide away from house music. Yeah. Like anyone that listens to the last two compilations will hear that some of it's not really that housey. Um, yeah. I think... I think some of it had intended to be and then we just loved the music and we were like fuck it we're putting it on the comp um I think after the last compilation we did we loved it we're really happy with it it was hard work rounding up 20 artists I think we had 25 that we approached and ended up with 20 which is pretty massive because you know you, you've got to account for every one person you're going to hit up you know half of them are going to say no yeah Totally. Um, I was going to say while we're on the, it's the Home by 909 compilation that you're talking about that was released at the end of last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. I think also coming out in 2020, it's it was definitely like an exercise in catharsis to listen to. Um, was it was it like that putting it together? Do you think that's why why maybe the net was cast a bit wider than just house? It was just a bit more feel good. Um, look, a couple things. So the first compilation that we did, which was locked in the house, was supposed to be a reflection of um, a reflection of the year that had been that was also highlighting our friends both locally and a couple international tracks that we felt were house music. And I feel like the first compilation was definitely a good um, introduction to that. The second compilation we kind of set out to do the same thing like last year was a weird year for us all we ended up spending most of it excuse me in lockdown um and Ryan and I thought well let's do a second annual compilation like last year's went well I'm sure we can find more artists and to answer your question I think the reason that we did cast the net so far and wide so to speak mm -hmm. is because actually there's not a lot of people making house music um, I think create, especially especially in Melbourne, I'd say, like we, we know the people that are, yeah. um, but there's also a lot of people that aren't. Yeah. Um, and I think what we've also noticed since creating the label is it has presented an opportunity for producers who maybe weren't always making house music to start dabbling it and then they send us demos and it might be the first house music tune they've ever made. Yeah. Um, which is awesome and we yes, love that I mean that was that's the intention of it but I think to answer your question with Home by 909 um, we hit up so many different artists um, who had sort of expressed their interest in whether writing a house track or, or whatever it was um, some of them that came back weren't that housey but we really liked it and we thought you know what well, we're happy to represent it so we did, um, and I think I think it's really cool. I think it's really diverse, and Absolutely. it also shows off some artists that aren't big names in Melbourne, which is a big thing that we like to do. Um, and also there's a couple people on it where it's their first 
um, ever release track, which is a huge deal for them. You know, it gives them the confidence to kind of keep going and that validation. And I, I love, I love being able to offer those opportunities to to artists that are trying to get their foot in the door. We after the Home by Nine Hundred Nine compilation, Ryan and I have sort of decided that um, we would probably recalibrate a little bit. Um, we originally set out to just do vinyl releases. We, we always do digital um, releases that were accompanying the vinyls. But last year, um, it just, we were facing so many delays. That's why we did so many digital releases. So the record that we've just announced this week, it's unbelievable, but we actually sent it off in January last year. So to yeah. give you some an idea of how long the process usually takes, the first record took six weeks from the day we sent it off to the day they arrived at our front doorstep. Um, this has taken 12 months. Yeah. So actually on this record, the back of the credits of the back of the record um, are copyrighted to 2021, <laughs> even though it's coming oh, out wow. in 2022. <laughs> but we learned a lot last year as well. And we adapted, we did a bit of merch and we did the digi releases, which mm. all did really well. Um, yeah. And I think it's important to do those well for accessibility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I tried to get my hands on those hoodies so many times like, and they kept flying out the door. Oh, they they have, they flew. I actually took a lot of them down because testing out some new new merch recently, but we were laughing, we were laughing last year. Like, are we a record label or do we just do merch? Yeah, oh, so many people last year as well went down the merch, went down the merch path. I think it got a bit well, saturated. There's only do, so many tote bags you can I, have. 100%. Oh, I said that to Ryan, like we could not possibly fit another band tee in our cupboard. Like if they, <laughs> I just have to, no matter how cool they are, I can't buy them because yeah. I can't fit it. That's just a new flat rule. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many are going to end up in op shops for like half the price in like five, 10 years time. Well, that's another thing that Ryan and I were doing in isolation was we had a grand idea to like, um, Oh, what's the word basically breathe new life into old band tees so we were going to go do the whole tie-dye we thought of the ones that have rips we cut out the patterns so we could maybe stitch them onto something I yeah. all, all I'll say is we got as far as um cutting the t-shirts up and that was that was it <laughs> yeah, a pile of rags <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right. that's the next line of merch. Too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe you could set up a whole shop just for old band merch. That's what I was thinking. We were going to do some, um, so the new release that we've just announced this, this week um, is Intimate Fitness by Fitness Club. Mm -hmm. um, great name. So many things you can do with that on the merch. Yeah, it could be merch, very like, like, we were thinking Hundred percent. We were thinking about socks, and we were thinking about doing like dumbbells or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got some wild ideas. Yeah. yeah.
And he kind of touched on it just before, um, saying that there's look, not a whole lot of people making house in Melbourne. Um, there's obviously like a lot of IDM or whatever you want to call it. Um, probably seems to be the main mm. genre here. And you said how much you love like fostering people, making their first house tracks and sort of creating that sort of space within Melbourne. And I know one person that featured on that record um, is the young Sam Alfred, who we had on the show a few months yes. ago. Um, and he spoke so highly of, ex- of his experience working with heads like yourself and Ryan and um, even Corey Kikos, I think, did the mastering on that one. Um, yeah, he did. From the outside, it was just so, so nice to see um, that sort of collaboration. But like, I don't know if you want to call it mentorship or whatever you want to call it, but I think it speaks volumes for where the scene is in this city, where now we, the dance scene is so solidified that it's almost like, taking on this role where you sort of it's not passing the button it's too crass but like in that sense you can we can create different movements within that scene now 100 percent. like sam's I'll, I'll touch on sam in a minute but mm-hmm. basically i like with what you're saying i think it's really important to give back i think about my first experiences in the melbourne music community as i said i didn't grow up here mm-hmm. um and it took me a couple of years before I did meet anyone in this scene and the opportunities that I was getting, um, especially at the time before, before, you know, everyone was calling out women, like, like no women on lineups. Um, yeah. I was really lucky, lucky to get a lot of the opportunities that I got. And there were opportunities I got where I couldn't even DJ. Like at the beginning, um, I mostly play vinyl, but at the beginning, only played vinyl I really didn't play CDJs back then and I think about some of the gigs that people gave me and I'm so grateful for that you know Mm. because one gig turned into another gig and here I am and I have a lot of confidence from that and I learned a lot I both Ryan and I did a um, couple of stints with daydreams where we were doing event management there for a couple of years so there were there were a lot of people that were more experienced than us um, and I speak for myself and me, um, that gave us opportunities. And I think it's just as important to, to kind of give share, or share your knowledge where you can, you know, share your connections where you can. I've always loved joining the dots, as in I've always loved connecting people with people that I think will get along or have some kind of reciprocal relationship. Mm. Um, so to me, this just feels sort of like second nature, <laughs> Um, but hitting on the Sam Alfred topic, um, Sam's a legend. We, it's a really, really weird um, fate kind of story, I guess. 
um, one day, so we get we get a couple we get demos sent to us. We're really open about people sending us demos. Um, sometimes we're so freaking lazy at getting back to people that send us demos. Um, and I'm really sorry if anyone's listening and that's you. <laughs> it's nothing intentional. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> um, anyway, basically, um, we have it. We've we've made posts about on our Instagram. We also have a page on our website that says you know has our contact details and is encouraging people to send us tunes i i often make posts on um facebook groups such as the whip project for people to send yeah. me tunes however and wherever i will Shout try and get tunes. Yeah. <laughs> um but basically um we had a email from sam and i reckon it had been sitting there for like two months and I was like going through the Love Above email at one point and I was like, oh, we have some demos. Do you want to hear them? And Ryan was like, yeah, all right, chuck them on. And I think like I can't remember exactly if we I think we listened to one or two of them, then got distracted or we were going out or something like that. Mm. Um, and straight away from the first song, Ryan and I were like, what the hell is this Uh, to be honest with you and we've told sam this we've laughed with sam about it we actually thought that um it was like a scam we thought someone was sending us someone else's tunes trying to find the song shazam (laughs) (laughs) that's fully what we thought it was because we were like who is this person and why are they sending us these like elite timeless house tunes like where have they come from how is this person not famous um Anyway, we were out at like Atticus Finch and I remember Ryan went to buy Siggy's and like was emailing Sam and wrote back to him being like, hey, just listen to your tracks. They're really awesome. <laughs> like, let's have, a, let's have a chat during the week. And I remember for the first couple of days, we were like, is this guy legit? Like, you know, who is he? Yeah, <laughs> um, but we jumped on a call with him and sure enough it was legit and he was lovely and he was so stoked that we'd picked up his tracks um it's funny because I've I've often said like I don't know if there's a point in having our website like do people actually even go onto the website and Sam goes oh that's that's actually why I sent you my tunes because I went to the website and it said send music to this address and I was like Oh, well, then that that's it, the only excuse I needed to keep the website. <laughs> yeah, that makes it all worth it. Um, um, but yeah, we, I, I we, love the simplicity the, of everything that he did. It was, it just sounded so raw and yeah, it was very, it was really just wholesome. It's just timeless. It's that yeah. kind of past music that, you know, people, it, it, it has that 90s sound and that sound is so hard to come by. And I think like, oh we all we all lucked out on that one it was a great release so we worked with Sam he sent us a couple demos and we worked with him sort of with a fine tooth comb and picked out the ones that we wanted and we did it and Ryan did a couple of sessions with him in the studio and showed him how to mix it down mm-hmm. so we'd spent a, quite a bit of time on that digital release um it actually uh, they were actually the throwaway tracks from a vinyl release that we're doing with him um that so so we we planned to kind of keep him secret for a lot longer but last minute we were like you know these tracks are too good let's just put them out into the world so from that was sam's 
debut release, um, which is awesome. It's I play it all the time. It's you know one of our best selling releases. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's that tech housey sound. I think sorry. It's, sort of, it's sort of it. So I think in Melbourne it sort of catches on because it sort of does dip into that like techno kind of thing, but it's it toes that line. Just I think his newer releases are dipping more into that um tech house scene. Uh, yeah. Sorry, tech house sound. I think um earlier and that's where what I love about this release is the the strictly business release he did is just really awesome house music um the 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 vinyl that we have that we're working on with him is a little bit more in that tech house territory and a lot of the other tunes he's been writing are more in that tech house territory we kind of describe him to be a bit like he has a very chris dussy sound yeah Um, i was gonna say and i think sam will do incredibly well he's um a lovely guy and super talented and i'm excited to see what else um is in store for Sam. He's he's kind of after that strictly business release, he he got picked up really quickly and he's been playing festivals and mm. gigs. I mean, when he first sent us um the demos, he hadn't even played a DJ gig before. So it's yeah. it's awesome to, yeah. to see how much he's been picked up and opportunity is getting. And I, I think that as as somebody that's running a label with that kind of intention, it's awesome. It's very humbling to see the artists are being you know getting gaining respect and absolutely i don't know what the right word is there but yeah i know (laughs) yeah i got you i got you (laughs) um well i know we should try and wrap it up um ingrid it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on um do you have my pleasure hopefully i haven't rambled too much no no it's been it's been unreal it's been such a good little insight into the inner workings of up above and also just how you guys see the Melbourne music scene and yeah it's so nice to hear like I don't know the ethos that you've had behind some of these behind some of these releases and yeah all, all your hard work and all your what do you call it vibe management during these past couple of years of- <laughs> um, thanks Jack I appreciate it sometimes yeah. it's funny like running a label you like there are a lot of hours that Ryan and I spend that aren't you know you don't see um and there are times where it feels like a full-time job particularly as we do more releases you know and we're not we don't take any um payment from doing it so it's a full labor of love which we love so it's um it's very nice to hear the appreciation and it's it's awesome that people notice us or notice the the work that's being done and the releases that are coming out because ultimately that's all you can ask for as a record label you just want mm-hmm. the artists who you're representing you just want their music to be heard so if that is happening then your job's done <laughs> yeah and you're doing it pretty pretty bloody well if i don't say so myself and i know a lot of other people thank you jack way. that's very kind of you thank you um do you guys just before we go do you have any upcoming plans for stuff that hopefully doesn't get cancelled in the next few months we have heaps of plans. They're probably all going to get cancelled. <laughs> um, we've had to can. You're the tiger. Had, I know. We've had to can, I think, now five gigs for Love Above. So, and they were big events through the last two years. So we uh, have, other than our, we've done a couple of little Loki White Heart ones. Mm-hmm. But other than that, until we have the time to um and until we have the time to actually get our shit together but also um some certainty around things not being locked down again 
um, we'll probably be laying low on the event front. We do have a showcase that we're planning to do, hopefully by the middle of the year, which will be super fun at a at a new venue. Um, but other than that, release-wise, we have just announced um, Fitness Club, which everyone should check out. It's really awesome. Um, it's a duo. So it's actually Ziggy and a guy called Singe. Um, Singe is from Sydney and is an amazing pianist. And he uh, his independent work is sort of like an in, uh, alternative indie folk vibe. So he, he actually hasn't ever released or really dabbled in um, much electronic music. This is sort of his first venture with Ziggy. Cool. Um, and it's a over a year long collaboration, long distance, because Ziggy's been living in Berlin and mm. Singe is living in Melbourne. So they've completely done this release by sending stems back and forth. Um, there's been a few other um, uh, amazing collaborators on the release, like... Um, Carlos, um, a few people doing some bass stems, so it's 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 really cool. And then the the single uh it, the single release, so it's called Tribal, and it features a local vocalist named Zima, who, in my opinion, is the next Frank Ocean. Not only is he sexy mm. as fuck, he's also got the sexiest voice. Hell yeah. Um, so everyone should get around that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a um. Four, it's technically a four-track EP, but it has a, a bonus fifth track for people that buy either the vinyl or the, the full digital album. So this is their debut release, and I'm sure you guys will be seeing more of them. Um, it's a very, it's more instrumentalist than any of the other releases that we've done. Mm -hmm. A lot of the drums are on um, the drum kit, which is really cool. Mm. Um, and it's also not conventional house music either, which coming back to what we said earlier, um, probably was in the phase where we were just digging this sound. <laughs> yeah. But um, this this record has been a long time coming. We've been working on it for almost three years. So it feels awesome to finally get it out there. I think going forward into the rest of the year, we'll be doing um, mainly vinyl releases as opposed to more digital releases. Uh -huh. We do have one in the pipeline with um, Sam Alfred, which will be exciting when we finally get that away. Um, and I don't want to say too much more because I don't want to steal all my beans. So I'll leave it at that. Hey, keep, keep, <laughs> keep the lid on it. Keep the lid on it. <laughs> oh, that sounds super exciting. I can't wait. I can't wait for all of those releases. And can't wait to catch you on the dance floor sometime soon. Most Thank you definitely. so much for joining us. Hopefully it won't be too long. Oh, pleasure. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me, Jack. Oh, of course. Um, I think it's a great way to kick off, kick off 2023 for us. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Head Threads. Honestly, the burnout was real towards the end of last year and we took a bit of a break, but we've got some exciting stuff in store for you in 2022. But for now, we hope everyone stays safe and we'll catch you again next month. Much love.